Welcome back. It's Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Network. And we have an incredible show for you because we're going to admit, at least I am, some of my own fallbacks and mistakes. We're doing a deep dive on the 2019 regrade for the wide receiver class as we get ready to take a look at what the process means for the NFL Draft, where we're going and where we are right now. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft. Your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. As always, I am your host for me in the NFL and NFL. Thieves the back, Eric Crocker. And I am joined by Ryan Tracy. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm hanging in, Croc. How are you today? You ready? I'm doing good. We, we, we had some, I guess, some good and bad. Around my uh, property, where I live at, we had to, uh, well, the good, I'm building a, a facility. I've been in the process of building a facility, so they just did all the dirt work and everything today. Um, they'll probably be doing it for another couple of days. And then, but then also, we had to put down the horse, pistol. Man, we had to had, had to put him down. He got this thing oh. called, like, uh, possum, what's it called, possum disease or something? So I guess it's this thing where, like, a bird to eat at like, or pick out a, a dead possum. And then it carries like this kind of disease and the bird to poop. And then like a horse or whatever eats the grass that's been pooped on by this, you know, and then it kind of attacks their nerve system. So oh, wow, he had to go, they had to put him down today, buried him out there in the field. So, uh, I'm sorry. That's a big hole. Household. <laughs> good, good, Huge good. hole. Huge <laughs> hole. Yeah. Well, rest in peace, pistol. Dang. Okay. Yeah. RP. RP the homie pistol. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, we won't have to bury my draft board next to him when we go through this thing. Dude, I, I'm excited <laughs> to talk about this. And I and I and I think that this these conversations need to be had more often because everybody mm-hmm. wants to speak in hindsight and everything, and everybody wants to be right about this and point out their their hits, but we also got to point out where we went wrong with our analysis. And in this class, there's definitely a good mixture of all of that. Yeah, for sure. I'm Yeah. <laughs> so folks, the gist, we're going to take a look at where the 2019 class is. We're going to do this all through the season. Um, since learn, and we'll go back. And it's as if we were a front office, um, just like I do pretty much every year about what I missed. Go back and see where we were incorrect about our evaluations, where, who developed into a player that we didn't expect, et cetera. Um, and there are a bunch of guys that are making a lot of impact in the league right now that didn't get drafted in the same order. So we won't redraft, but we'll go through kind of a similar process in evaluating it, right? Yep. Yep. And I'm excited to do that. So you want to jump right in and start with the first round? Only two guys went. After you, man. Yeah. Okay. So Hollywood Brown. He went first, and I think this would be a, this would give us a chance to kind of give our analysis and maybe where you had that player in your rankings. All right, so Hollywood Brown, he went first. First, I want to ask you: any surprise on Hollywood being the first receiver taken in that class? No, I had him number one on mine as well, and I rank them in tiers, right? So I break my first round into uh, you know eleven, eleven, and ten. So I had him right at the bottom, like right around 20th. He went 25th. So I feel pretty good about that. So he was my seventh receiver. Was he? Yes. So when he was taken first, and when I say my seventh, it's 
I understand that even though I have a guy lower, he'll probably get drafted higher. I understand that aspect of it. Uh, when it came to Hollywood Brown, I, I think my quote unquote issue with him was for a guy, like when you're a speedster and you're smaller and all that, like that's great. But if I'm going to take you really high, right, especially, you know, you're being taken in the first round, you're projecting to be a wide receiver one. I need to see a, a complete game in the sense of being able to play big. And I thought too often, you know, free releases in the Big 12, he did well and he was making plays all over the field. But I thought when it was time to kind of play big and play through contact, he kind of folded in that moment. And it happened several times in the bowl game. Uh, it happened in another game against uh, Alabama in like a, a bowl game, a championship game, I believe it was, where I was just like, man, just too many times I see this guy who's smaller in stature playing to his size. And that was something that I just didn't care for. So I was a little bit lower on him than other people, but I was not surprised to see him go first, especially to a uh, team like the uh, the Baltimore Ravens with a Lamar Jackson. I, I'll tell you what, though, like I have when I do my board and for those of you who have ever followed me and seen my board, I put it out every year the week before the draft. You can download it and follow around and you know make notes about what I did wrong. But I have a big red cross next to him for the for like a, a ambulance sign right because that injury was scary going into it yeah because you couldn't test him like you didn't have the medical reports it, it was it was definitely concerning and we saw him get a slow start for not just the medical but for those reasons that you're talking about when we jump to today when we talk about the 2021 especially for receivers and that's why i want to talk about this position first is like they used to say year three is when the receivers click and they get it right and they can start to make an impact and if you look, he's tied for the lead in terms of his draft class with two touchdowns on this on the season. And he's second right now in 235 yards receiving. That's not too terrible. It took him two seasons to kind of catch up. But now I think he's getting to the point where he's matured to where we thought he might end up. Like, I, I'm OK with that. That doesn't feel like a huge miss. I think the Ravens are probably OK with it at this point, given yeah. they've supplemented him. So, like, overall, not too bad. But. This next guy got me. So, <laughs> Nikhil Harry. So, where did you have Nikhil? Um, did I? I had him in the bottom third of the third round. Okay. So, I think your analysis is pretty spot on. So, I had Nikhil Harry, my wide receiver eight. Okay. So, him being taken second, my my initial reaction was, dang, he went higher than I thought he would go. And then I was like, wow, he went to the Patriots. Maybe they know something I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then it dawned on me. The Patriots never do good with drafting receivers. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I think I'm right, and they're wrong on this. And okay, Harry, to me, I think if you just go and you watch the highlights, you see all the spectacular plays, you see some big-time run-after catch, then you're like, well, he's always making these contested catches. Can he separate? And I didn't see that on film. And then I'm watching – uh, you know, how he has to win and everything is at the catch point. And I watched the cornerbacks that were challenging him, the, the guys that weren't scared of him. And I'm like, man, they're kind of locking him up. And every once in a while he'll win a rep, but it was very inconsistent. And, and then I watched him, um, uh, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And I was like, oh, he has no moves, but you can teach that. And there was, it didn't like, okay, the big run after catch play, but us UTSA, you know, it's not mm -hmm. anybody in, you know, uh, noteworthy or anything like that. So I, there were just a lot of red flags and the way he had to win. And I was just like, you know what? I think I'm I'm going to be down on this guy. And initially, when he's making the plays and you're watching him live, you're like, wow, big time ability. This is Des Bryant 2.0. 
But by the time I got back to like my final analysis on him, I was like, you know what? He's Des Bryant 2.0, but 28 year old Des Bryant. Right. Oh, uh, and that hurts me just saying it. Ouch. Sorry, Des. I know it's it's tough getting old, man. I am too. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. So not too terrible. I we were both in the same range. Obviously, the Patriots just disagreed with us but i think they might have been the only team that disagreed with us i don't know it would have been nice to find out where he fell to if it wasn't for them but he's just one of many we're going to go through the second and third rounds here coming up but i got to tell you about some of our friends before we get there and the easiest one is betonline.ag because they've been backing us for a while and they're backing you right now so that you can get all your action in on the college and pro bets that you want to see happen they are the number one spot for all your pro and college action this season and with an updated site uh, new interface they have better odds and props and contests betonline.ag they're the number one source for everything football betting you can head over to their site right now uh use your mobile device and sign up and you'll get a 100 welcome bonus that's 100 of what you put down on top and that's from them you got to use the code nfl 100 to get that don't forget that part you can bet on the other sports if you want i know that some people will be tempted to not during this fall season though right so take advantage of what they're offering for 2021 use our promo code locked on to get a little bit more at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts and then you know while you're doing that you might as well save some money so you can lay some more down when you're getting gas and it's something everybody does nearly all the time and it will pay off if you go get the get upside app and what that does is track your gasoline purchases. You get 25 cents back for every gallon that you spend, and it gets deposited back into your account on GetUpside. And you got to use that promo code TOUCHDOWN. That's the one that we're putting out. And right now, on your first tank, they're going to give you an extra 25 cents on top of that. So for you go sign up, download that app, use the code TOUCHDOWN, and you can get it in the Google Store, the I've Store, whatever you want. Uh, whatever platform you're on, they have a version of it. And then you go buy a tank of gas. You get 50 cents back on every gallon that you put in on that first purchase. It's it's really great. And a lot of people are making a lot of money by buying gasoline that they got to buy anyway. So check it out. The app is called Get Upside. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can get it anywhere you need it. That's TOUCHDOWN on the Get Upside app. And thanks for sponsoring us. I definitely need to uh, go download that as soon as this show ends, man. I mean, I drive a, a SUV. It's a Hemi. Oh. And... You know, I mean, gas guzzler. I'm in the south where gas is cheaper, but even then, you know, to fill up my tank, it's a good 70 bucks. So, you know, get 25 off, 25 cents off per gallon. It's pretty good, man. You can't beat that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it too. I drive diesel, so like my tank's 34 gallons or something like that. It, it hurts. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and mine is about 25, 26 gallons. So I'll I'm take it. <laughs> so, and speaking of taking. My 49ers, man, like top of the second round, they went and took Debo Samuel. Now, Debo, I had him flipped. I had a really hard time between these two guys, Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown. And yep. they were very similar. I had them kind of pegged in the same range. I actually ended up putting A.J. Brown last minute ahead of Debo, but mm -hmm. I love Debo. I love this game. I love what he showed at the Senior Bowl. Um I, all his ability, I think Debo, he's kind of, people look at him as this just kind of this gadget guy. And I'm like, man, he's much more than that. When he was at South Carolina, he, they used him vertically. They used him all over the field. And you're seeing a lot of that shine through with the 49ers right now, where he's second in the NFL in the receiving yards. He's extremely productive right now. And uh, I think Debo's just getting started. Now, the biggest thing with him, which was an issue back then, and it's kind of an issue now, can he stay healthy? 
that's going to be the biggest question mark. But the talent, the ability, everything the 49ers thought they were getting in him, they're definitely getting in this year's kind of being shown off. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I, I underestimated him a little bit, at least according to the league. I had him right there around that 48-50 spot. So we went earlier than that, definitely. But I had him in the same round, so I feel good about that. But then when I take a look at what he's doing, again, the injuries, right? But right now, he is the yardage leader in this class of all the wide receivers in the NFL. So, again, pulling it around, getting back on track. That's two guys in this top three that needed a little extra time to begin with. He's also got a touchdown, uh, which is tied for, for a second, but there's like six guys with one of those. So yeah. um, both he and Marquise are right about the same, like 66%-ish, plus or minus 8% in um, in reception perception. So I like that. Uh, I feel pretty good about that, and we got to talk about AJ because that's going to be a little embarrassing. Oh, we'll, no. So we'll, we'll get to him when we get to him. Go ahead. I, I don't mean all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, AJ's the next guy up. You know, AJ Brown, next guy that I was drafted. And again, he was my wide receiver too. Um, liked his game. I thought the one thing that he could possibly work on is just being a little bit craftier at the line of scrimmage. But aside from that, I mean, we're talking about a big, I mean, very rare size. You know, you don't see guys that are six foot, six one, 230 pounds and are able to run the way that he runs. And he plays with this physicality, this aggressiveness. He showed a lot of that at Ole Miss. Uh, really loved his game there. Again, a battle between him and Debo for my wide receiver too, but it was really more like 2A, 2B. He ended up being 2A for me. Okay. He was he was two for me as well. I don't do the AB thing because I just make myself flip a coin at that point. But yeah. but but I messed up because I had him in the bottom of the first round. I had him in the in, right at 30. You know, but I think if you have him at 30 and he was drafted middle of the second, I, I still think like you're in the right range yeah. and you were maybe more right than the guys that passed on him. So. <laughs> that, that's true. I mean, he's had probably the best get off what 2000 yard receiving receiving yep. seasons. Yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive. I know the quarterback change or the, the coordinator change this year has slowed things down for him. I expect him to be right back in the mix and he has scored at this point. So, Hey, we'll take it. <laughs> right. Now, what did you think about Michael Hartman? Because that's the next guy that was drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, man, I tell you what. I cover the Chiefs, and this has been an ongoing debate, right? I had him at the very – I would have taken him, like, literally last in the third round. I had him as a as a like high 80s, low 90s prospect yeah. because he only, he only played the position for two years. You know, he had converted from another position. Like, it, it takes a lot of time, I think, to get the intricacies right. And I think we see that today. Yeah, he he was definitely a pure speed guy coming mm -hmm. out. Uh, you know, at Georgia, it was kind of hard to see exactly what guys were, but I knew that he was probably the fastest guy in this class with the ball in his hands. I mean, he was a blazer, and it was like, man, who's faster with the ball in their hands, Michael Hartman or Hollywood Brown? Didn't right. matter. You weren't losing with the other one of them. But like you, I wasn't super high on him. I had him at wide receiver 10, mm -hmm. and – I'm missing a couple guys here that we probably won't even get to because my wide receiver four and five were not drafted in the first three rounds at all, and they have not had any success. I'm embarrassed to mention those guys. but We're, um, we're going to be the same amount of them. I'm pretty sure I got a couple of them in there too. Yep, but uh, yeah, so aside from that, but it's, it's been cool. Now, what's the issue right now with Miko Hartman? Because it seems like from a statistical standpoint, he hasn't really just taken off, especially in comparison to the other guys in this class. Yeah, he makes the most of his opportunities when he, he is 
in a position to use that speed when he's not it's the pre-snap looks it's making adjustments it's options where he's not on the same page or he doesn't understand what the defense is doing enough to agree with the quarterback so he's not getting himself those extra looks where he could have targets where he could then turn and take to the house all right okay now Whiteside was the next guy i wasn't very high on him i didn't even have him in the top 10 uh, yep. obviously went to the eagles Thought he was a little bit, thought he was okay coming out, but I was really confused with the Eagles or anybody else taking <laughs> pretty much anybody over DK Metcalf, and we'll we'll get to him. But oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't really have much on on Whiteside. Uh, okay, why am I calling my what Whiteside? Right? No. Yeah. Arcega, yeah. JJ Arcega Whiteside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, thought he was an okay guy at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Played played well. Uh, probably needed to be in a, a scheme that was able to kind of really highlight his ability. And so far he hasn't had that. Didn't scare you much, right? Not at all. Okay. Uh, that's kind of how I had him too. What did he go? 57. Uh, I had him sitting there at 70. So yeah. eh. I was a little lower on him than, than the teams were, but that's okay. I can take that. Yeah. So who was oh the next up was the guy that was like in my back pocket because I wanted to see him go into a specific offense. Is that uh, Paris Campbell? Yeah, yeah. Now here was a tough thing with Paris Campbell, and I'll lump in uh, uh, McLaurin, or actually we'll get to McLaurin last. But Paris Campbell, it was really hard to kind of really see his skill set. I mean, he was fast, and you saw the good run after catch. But Ohio State, especially with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, it was just. Mesh, 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 mesh. And it was like, well, am I ever going to see this guy run a route? Am I ever going to see him do any real football things? So um, I have him at wide receiver six, really more so on just his athletic profile and what he possibly could be. But I did not know what Paris Campbell really was coming out. Okay. Yeah. You, you did better than I did. Um, I, I put too much stock into the senior bowl performance to tell you the truth. Yeah. Uh, cause I had him right at 40. He was my wide receiver three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, nobody. So <laughs> Andy Isabella, he was next and I didn't have him. I don't, were you high on him at all? Um, no, I'm trying to find him on my list to tell you the truth. And we didn't talk about Paris Campbell, like what he's doing now in the NFL, but you're trying to get it's, healthy is what he's trying yeah, to do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the health issue with him. I think once he figures that part out, we'll see if he can start to build up a level of consistency like the other guys have. But Andy Isabella, he's a guy who hasn't played a lot. I mean, he's in this offense that you would think in theory would help him be mm-hmm. successful to spread offense, but Arizona just can't add enough receivers, I guess. I mean, they, they went from, uh, you know, they, they got – well, they drafted Hakeem Butler, who was actually right. my wide receiver four in that class. Oh, all right. Um, You're so not I was bad. Like, <laughs> I, that was bad. I, I had him fifth. I, I let them run okay. him up all the way into the third round for me, and I'm I'm disappointed in myself. Yeah, so I, I had him high, and that was based on the upside, and clearly mm-hmm. I was off. But they they drafted so many receivers. Even in that class, you had Andy Isabella. You had Hakeem Butler. You had uh, uh, Keyshawn Johnson that the Arizona drafted. And then they went, they got DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they got Christian Kirk, you know. And it was just like they're just throwing all these receivers at the position and Andy Isabella just kept getting pushed further and further down the list to where now, I mean, I don't even know if he plays <laughs> very much. If, I'd have if, to look at snap counts. I can probably pull that up for you, though. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, 
he's not really getting much love. Every once in a while, I've seen him like kind of be active and catch a pass, but nothing too crazy. No, no. And hey, you know, again, a guy that that I think sparked late, showed somebody some some possibilities, and just like you said, got buried. I mean, they they literally took all the receivers that year, right? Right. And, <laughs> and then um, the last guy in the second round, before we get to the next break, DK Metcalf, who was my wide receiver one. Oh, and, really? Yeah, DK was my wide receiver one. And the the, the reasons why was because I, I think there were things that people were missing with him. Mm-hmm. The way the NFL is kind of training right now, you don't have to be a great route runner if you have these other things that make you really good, right? So with him, he was all speed, power, and quickness. Now, people get confused, a three-cone with quickness, right? So his short area quickness was really good, but his change of direction was poor, even though he ran this uh, kind of blaze out last game and like whooped uh, Patrick Peterson or his like slant or whatever he did. Mm-hmm. But his change of direction was poor, but the quickness, power, and speed at the line of scrimmage was terrific. So I'm like, man, you can use this guy clearly vertically. You can use him on crossing routes, on slants, he wins. I think the offense that they were in at Ole Miss kind of hid a lot of his ability because all they ran were five-yard stop, 10-yard stop, go route. And against LSU, he did not run anything other than those routes I just mentioned until one minute left in the third quarter where he finally ran a slant on an RPO and they ran the ball. So uh, it was just so hard to see his pure ability. But when I started piecing things together and I'm looking at him, I'm like, you know what? The way this guy wins, and his elite traits, there's definitely an area for it in the NFL. Well, and, and I was one where I did it was the change of direction that I didn't care for because I didn't see him run enough slants. I didn't see him run those drags and, and especially the overs that I think he should be really good at. I didn't see enough of that on film. And yeah. maybe I got the wrong film. I don't know. He what did he go? He went 64th, right? He was he was like the second to last or last pick in the second round. Okay. I, I had him in the bottom 10 of the second round. So he went right in the range that I thought. But um, the other guy that I probably shouldn't even admit to, I had Kelvin Harmon right behind him. Oh, Harmon. Yeah, he went late. But I liked Harmon, but I just didn't have him really high. But I, liked I him. thought I saw something that wasn't there. That's the way that it is. And if you, you guys, that happens sometimes. But if you want to see something that is there, you got to go check out these guys at Built Bar. They are awesome. They are the best protein bar out on that market. And I've tried literally them all. My kids try them all. Um, and we fight over who gets to eat them, to tell you the truth. 130, 150 grams, uh, I'm sorry, calories and 17 grams of protein. They're a great source. They're they're low in sugars. They're going to give you what you need to get your workout and get your recovery in, and they're very, very helpful at that. They have flavors that taste like they're candy bars. It's ridiculous. Whether it's the coconut almond chunk stuff, like they got grasshopper cookies that taste like Girl Scout cookies. Like it's crazy the stuff that they come up with. And they're always coming up with new ones too. In fact, I, we should have something new for you probably in the next week or two. So keep an eye out for that. But if you want to try these out, we have a great deal for you. Our code is locked 15. If you go to built.com and use that code, you get 15% off of your first order with them. And they just drop it in a little sealable pouch and mail it right to you. It's a great way to get your protein bars over at built.com. The code is locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so now we're to the third round. And the first guy taking the third round, Deontay Johnson. I'm like, man, Deontay Johnson, like, who is that? Then I see the highlights. And obviously, Pittsburgh Steelers draft him. I'm like, okay, 
this makes sense because he's an Antonio Brown clone. Yeah. And it was interesting because there were some other guys that were there on the board that I thought they might be interested in, but they went with Deontay Johnson. And I will say, for me, not really knowing much about this guy when he was coming out. Now I pay way more attention to the draft and all these prospects, but he is one of my favorite guys. And I actually was projecting him last year to be the most productive year two receiver in the NFL. Now he wasn't that, but they definitely give the targets to him to get mm-hmm. a case of the dropsies, but he's someone and we see him now, even early in this year, having success. Uh, he's not a guy, and even with him getting hurt last game, he still kind of like had a really good game. I, I think the Steelers are happy with him. They probably just would like to see the hands get a little bit more consistent. Yeah, but but kudos to him because that's one of the things that I watch. In fact, drop percentage is one of the key metrics that I use in my pre-draft rankings, right? And he has zero drops this season. Obviously, we're not very deep into it yet, but that's an improvement for him, and I agree with you, like, the fit there in taking over that kind of role was great. I didn't see enough of it on film because I had him a lot lower. Where did I have him? Um, <laughs> oh, man, I had him down there with Hunter Renfro, I think. Yeah, I had him top of the fifth round. So, yeah. Steelers fans, you can yell at me. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so where did you have Jalen Hurd? Mr. Jalen Hurd. That is a great question. I have to go find him as well. I believe I pulled him. Um, I originally so, had him in the fourth, but I pulled him for medical. Um, okay, yeah. But if I left him with my grade, he would have been in the 110 to 120 range. Well, the 49ers definitely took him much higher than that. And I'm like, Jalen Hurd, the running back from Tennessee? And I had seen a couple of people post like a clip of him running like this blaze out. And I'm like, okay, Jalen Hurd, okay, we'll see. Well, anyways... Once I like dove into his film as soon as he was drafted, I said, okay, I see exactly why he's a Kyle Shanahan type receiver. Talking about somebody who's 6'5", 230 pounds, and ran routes like Dante Pettis. I thought he had really fluid uh, hips. He was able to sink his hips. His feet were terrific. The change of direction was terrific. Route running was good. He wasn't a burner vertically, but I thought he ran his routes hard. Uh, I thought he had to improve the like contested catch you know, aspect of his game. And I think maybe some of that just came from him transitioning from running back to receiver. Running back probably played all his life. So how often does he catch passes with bodies on him or around him? So I thought that he needed to get a little bit better with that. But I could see the skill set. And then once he got the ball in his hands, he turned back into that running back that he was at Tennessee and ran through guys. And the 49ers saw it right away. I mean, first preseason game against Dallas Cowboys, he catches three passes, scores two touchdowns, one's a fade ball. The other one is uh, he catches a crosser and runs through like three guys and scores a touchdown. And then we haven't really seen him since. Uh, He hurt his back, I think, after that Dallas game. Uh, Missed the entire season. The following year, towards ACL, just working back on the side of the field. Wasn't even doing anything crazy, but boom, towards ACL. This year, he's still kind of recovering from that ACL. Isn't 100%. Uh, played in the very last preseason game. They well caught four passes for like 30 yards or whatever. It was good mm-hmm. to see him on the field. They put him on the short, short-term IR. So we'll see, you know, what ends up kind of happening with Jalen Hurd down the line, but uh, hasn't started off very well for him. No, and, and I'm hopeful for him too. You know, between the position change and, and the build in, in particular with some of the, the concerns there. But, you know, he's still got a chance on the rookie contract to, to get himself corrected and, I'll keep my fingers crossed for him. 
And then there was Terry McLaurin. And I, I lump him, I lump McLaurin in obviously going to the uh, Washington football team. He has been tremendous, probably everything they asked for. Definitely have him on my fantasy team. Uh, again, it was really hard to see anything with him because of their offense. Now, uh, people that came away from the senior bowl really liked him. Mm -hmm. They were like, you know what, McLaurin, loved him at the senior bowl. He killed it. Uh, I wasn't there. I don't think I, I don't know if I didn't watch every uh, practice or whatever, but I just didn't see a whole lot of it. So I was going off of his film. I'm like, man, again, they're just their offense. It was mesh, mesh. And then with him, they did a little bit of deep over routes. And I was just like, man, like, it's not really showing me anything. And I couldn't really feel the speed. I know he ran like a fast 40 time, yeah. but watching him on film, like DK Metcalf, I can look at the defensive backs. I look at him and it's like, wow, I can feel that speed. I can feel him running away from guys. I didn't quite see that from Terry McLaurin. It was like, well, he just ran to a spot and he yeah. caught a ball in the end zone. Uh, but really weird offense that made it hard for me to kind of truly evaluate him. So I wasn't as high on him as other guys, but I had him at wide receiver nine. So not like he was like really low, probably went in around like the range where I would have had him if I had a grading scale. But he has clearly been much better than that. Yeah, we saw the evolution. I had all the same concerns as you did too, especially like if he gets bodied up early in the route, even you know if somebody's playing off and, and he makes up that with his speed, what does he do at that point? And like you said, run into a spot, settling down in zones. He did some good work there. He was very aware. Some of my notes are, are very keen on like his intelligence of understanding what the quarterback's going through, and it seems to have worked out. I had him at 78 on my list. Where did he go? Had to be. In that oh, range, 76. Right? Okay, that might yeah. be my closest one, actually. <laughs> okay, never mind. I feel better about that now. <laughs> yeah. You were on the same page with the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, close enough. And then there's Miles Boykin, who I actually uh, did like this uh, mock draft, and I had the 49ers taking him in the fourth round. In fourth? So, uh, I mean, he was a guy that was just, you know, had the size, had the, had the athleticism, uh, jumped out the building, if I remember correctly, had a huge yeah, vertical huge. jump. Uh, you saw some of the ability that he had with uh, with with Notre Dame and kind of how they utilize him. I, I I wasn't super high on him, but I thought that there was some upside there. Baltimore Ravens haven't been able to get the best out of him uh, for whatever reasons. I don't know if it's a quarterback thing, which I mean, it seems like everybody's kind of been struggling to some extent to kind of really get going in Baltimore. Uh, mm -hmm. There's more of a run heavy power offense, but. Um, definitely the abilities there, and we've seen it kind of in flashes with Baltimore, but nothing too consistent. And, and they don't utilize, I think, his biggest skill set, like you said, to going up for the ball, whether it's contested or you know, meet me at the goalpost kind of routes right over the middle, like things that I thought he'd be good at. Um, I had him, I was higher on him than you. I can't remember where did he go, 90 something, 93rd. I, I had him at 75. So, okay, yeah, I, I was ahead I of the big body, so ahead of Terry McLaurin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had, I had uh, our second white side right between them. Yeah. Where, so where did you have DK Metcalf? Did we? Did I ask you that? Yeah, I had him at the bottom of the second, the bottom tenth. So uh, right around sixty. Okay. Oh, shoot! I mean, that's where he went. Yeah, not too bad. Right. I'll so you were close with that one too, right? Yeah, not too terrible. But then there's <laughs> then there's the Harmons, there's the Butlers that I missed big on, um, and the next guy. Like, are we done with the third? Yeah, that's the third. Okay, yeah, so the third. that's the third, folks. I know we're going long today, but just a couple because I'll own up to this so I don't have to talk about it ever again. <laughs> missed on Butler, missed on Harmon. Um, I had Riley Ridley as a third rounder in the middle too. Like, 
70, he was 80. my wide receiver five. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're on the same page. I'm with you. Then Harry. I don't understand Harvin. what happened with with, with with Riley Ridley. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if it's because guys kind of struggled to get going in Chicago. You had Robinson. Obviously, he's balling, but the other guys just didn't work out. Anthony Miller really liked him coming out when he was mm-hmm. coming out, and it just didn't work. Now he's on a new team. I think it's the Texans. I saw him playing on. Right. Um, uh, Ridley. He was very fluid, uh, good mover, that he had some mobility, contested catch. He was a good route runner. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to not like, except he didn't test very well. So, okay, he doesn't test very well, but you still see the ability, and I feel like he should have definitely been better than what we've seen, and which, I mean, we haven't seen much from him right. at I all. Th- I think you nailed it because the only guy in Chicago the last three years that's been good was Allen Robinson, who I think was, you know – 95% of a finished product when he went there. Yeah. You know, so like he had mentoring and coaching before. I'm not sure that that staff has been able to bring out of Ridley what's there. Maybe on a second roster like Miller, maybe he'll get another go. I'll cross my fingers for him. Yeah. Did we miss anybody else? Any 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 big other misses? I'm trying to think. I had Hunter Renfro in the fifth. Um, I had Travis Fulgham as a low fourth rounder. Mm, he went undrafted though, right? Yeah. So that tells you how off I was on that. Uh, <laughs> and that's about that. I, mean, I think one thing, and again, I, I want to bring these things up because when it comes to evaluations, a lot of people look at where, you know, if a guy just misses or whatever, but the, the evaluation of a guy can be right. And I, you know, I've said that with even Jamar Chase, like the evaluation where a guy's strengths, his weaknesses, you can be right. But if a team figures out how to utilize that guy, and he's in the right situation for him, he can be extremely, you know, extremely good. He can be extremely productive. So some of these guys, again, maybe Ridley, for whatever reason, wasn't in the right situation in Chicago, and now it's just like, well, we'll end up seeing what happens. Might be a late bloomer, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, just kind of wanted to touch on that last part. You know, we did, your evaluations probably weren't off, except for DK Metcalf. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Folks, that's it. Everybody's got some. Let us know what you did. Hit the YouTube comments. Let us know what you had differently in, in the iTunes reviews as well. Um, you always have to default to what Crocs says when it comes to wide receivers, when it comes to TVs. So, hey, you know, I'm just trying to keep up. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. We know we gave you a little bit longer episode. I know some folks have been asking for that. We do want to keep this pretty quick. So it's going to stay in that 20-minute range, 25 minutes, something like that, because if you didn't notice, we're here five days a week, and we have a bunch of guests coming for you. So, Croc, thanks for walking me through all my uh, mistakes. Oh, no, that, that was fun, man. That was fun. <laughs> this is good. We'll have more lessons learned for you next week, folks. You all have a good one, and we'll talk to you tomorrow with Rob Rang.